My name is Devin Roy, and I've been leading and managing teams for more than 30 years. I have expertise in coaching, interrogation, and strategy development. Most companies use a morning huddle to connect with their teams, to disseminate information, and to create alignment. I will share with you proven real-world strategies and techniques that will help you be more successful. So open your minds, listen closely. The morning huddle starts now. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining The Morning Huddle. Today's show is the last installment of my conversation with Meek, Garrett, Philip, and Isaac as we finish our conversation on Leadership Impact. What other sort of leadership concepts or thoughts are in your mind? So, Devin, one concept that's always on my mind, something that consistently comes up is we all know what to do with top performers it's pretty cut and dry what we the actions that need to be taken with bottom performers but there's always the person in the middle how you approach the person in the middle does anyone have any thoughts on the coaching up or coaching how do you coach up the person in the middle let me jump in first and i'll let everyone else answer i think it depends are they in the middle because they are a lifer in the role, and let's let's just be clear, we're gonna always have people in the middle, right? And we need people in the middle. The people in the middle are to, at standard or slightly above standard, right? So it's not like it's a bad thing to have someone in the middle, but your question is how do we get more out of them? Well, why are they there? Why are they working wherever they're working? What's the motivation for it? I think we got to understand that. I'll share a coaching conversation I had with uh, with someone years ago when I was a district director of operations. And I was at a store and they wanted me to go and have a conversation with someone who's very difficult to coach, okay? And I went to go and have a conversation with Susie, we'll just call her Susie. And we talked about, you know, she's looking at me very suspiciously because I don't know this woman, she doesn't know me. And I just try to get to know her quickly. And we have a conversation about, you know, how long she's been there, 25 years. She has two kids. They're in high school. And I started talking about, the, you know, they play sports, volleyball, and football. And we, I started talking about their grades. And, so, and they, I said, do they make good grades? And she says, oh, they better. And I knew I had something in that moment when she said that. She said, oh, they better. And that tells me a lot about her and her personal values, right? but her own performance wasn't up to par. And, and so I con continued to have a conversation with her and I said, so they only bring home A's. She said, absolutely. I said, so wouldn't it be great if you could go home and tell your kids how successful you are at work and, and that your scorecard is amazing. I'm paraphrasing what I said, it was years ago. Um, and when I said that to her, she actually paused and got teary eyed. So, the point being is I found a way to connect her results to what's important to her. Does that make sense, Philip? Yes, absolutely. And when I came back a month later to check on her, she had been doing better. She had been, she had been trying harder. Uh, she was no longer, you know, middle of the pack. She was uh, having much better results. So the moral of the story is, is how do you take what people are doing uh, tied to what's important to them? How do you figure out why are you here? What's your motivation for getting up out of bed every single morning? And how can I coach you relative to that? 
Does that make sense? And that goes back to the point you guys have been making. It's about relationships and how do we build those relationships. So does anyone have a, a different um, thought? I don't have a different thought, just an addition. I definitely think like Devin says, it depends. But I also think I find a lot of my leaders trying to move people who do not want to be moved and they're not performing poorly. I, th I think I find myself telling people like, it's okay that people are performing and they don't want to be promoted or they don't want to do more and they that's okay. And sometimes I think we just have this thing where like we show our leadership skill and muscle by moving people around and getting people promoted and moving people to different departments and things like that. And that's not always necessarily the answer. They can be well-placed and doing just fine. Yeah. I remember I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, the author, and she has a lot of work on shame and vulnerability. Uh, when I was reading her book, Dare to Lead, there was a phrase in there that she says that everybody is trying the best they can. And I remember when I first read it, I was like, no, there's no way. Like, there's a lot of people out there that are just purposely giving it half effort, not really trying their best. But then you got to remember, like, not everybody's had the same experiences. And kind of like what I said, you know, I learned to share in kindergarten, but it doesn't mean everybody else did. And they're trying as best as they can according to the experiences that they've had. And everybody's kind of like a puzzle. And a lot of people, especially think about the middle performers, maybe they're a 500 piece puzzle and they're missing like five or six pieces from being complete. And it's our job as leaders to figure out what those five or six pieces are and put them into the puzzle because then you unlock all the potential that they can give. So that quote's been pretty transformative for me and, and especially with how I look at bottom and middle performers, even top performers too. You know, Garrett, it's a very good point. And I, and I think middle performers actually are a reflection of your leadership. The top producers will pr produce no matter who's leading them, right? And, and those that need to leave the company, they're gonna, they're gonna fail and not succeed no matter as well. But the middle performers, I think are a true reflection of the leader who's leading them. If you can can have them sort of galvanize around one vision and, and and be focused on that vision, then you can get them to rise to the level, rise to the moment. Isaac, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would say for middle performance, a big thing that I've noticed, especially in my newer role, is defining success. Really giving them a roadmap of what success looks like and breaking it down for them to where they truly can walk away from that conversation understanding. Uh, because at that point, then you really have a, the chance to know if they're capable of doing the job and being successful within that role, or if there's someone that needs to be moved out, out of that job. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining the show today. Very insightful comments. I think whoever listens to this podcast is going to learn a whole lot from people who will have been in the trenches and doing the hard work for a few years now. So I want to thank you for participating. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very glad to be here. Thank you, Devin, anytime. Yeah, thanks, Devin. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You know, leaders often wear terminations that they had a hand in as badges of honor. I see them, however, as demerits against a system that has failed these individuals in some way. The system is the process for acquiring, developing, and retaining talent, and it has a churn rate that must be used to evaluate how effective an organization does all three. A breakdown in one or the other necessitates the use of performance management processes, or even worse, the resignation of top talent. Being a more elastic leader, however, can change these outcomes as it allows you to lead, guide, develop, and engage an increasingly diverse group, which will broaden the pool of talent and enhance your ability to hire better. There can be no ambiguity in this. 
And every leader should start with the simple premise that everyone wants to be successful and will endeavor to be so if they clearly understand what it looks like, why it's important, and how to get it done. Don't misunderstand. Terminations are a necessary evil, but you must not romance this process or revel in your ability to document poor performance. If sustainable long-term growth is your aim, you must become obsessive over hiring right the first time, investing in your people's development, and retaining top talent by providing them with the opportunities that match their growth potential. That wraps up this three-part series on Leadership Impact. If you haven't done so already, please check out part one and two. I would also like to thank Mika Dot, Garrett Ledbetter, Philip Pearson, and Isaac Marshall on their contributions to this important topic. That's it for today's show, and I hope you've been enriched by what you've heard in the morning home.